right ahead then. We are in Luke chapter 1. We've had a, um, a few weeks break, and so I'm going to make sure we know what's going on. Uh, and we got you mic'd this time. Well done. Uh, I want you to notice how much this goes with the lessons we've been having. Um, sorry, that was very Scottish. Lessons. The stuff I've been talking about. Uh, we're going to back it all the way up to verse 28. Luke 1, 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mar Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I love that story already, don't you? Some of you are just a couple of years older than me because they stopped it right as I became eligible. They, uh, you, you were drafted. The, the country volunteered you to go to war. And then you open up that envelope, what did it say? Greetings. Nobody wanted a greetings uh, note. What kind of greeting will this be? And many of you, and no blame here at all, got out and moved as fast as possible to find a place in the reserves, the state guard or, or navy or somebody else that would take you because the greeting greatly troubled you and what kind of greeting is this? You know, I don't think the IRS has ever sent a letter saying, greetings, we really wasted a lot of your money, so you're off the hook the next... No, I don't think that's going to come. What is, what is this going to do? But you, you need to, to catch here also, if you are highly favored by God, you might be placed in a very difficult situation. You might be... You might have to suffer and die because you're highly favored by God. Uh, think of Jeremiah. I love Jeremiah chapter 1 because God says to Jeremiah, right, you're, gonna you're going to speak for me, but nobody will listen to you. You're not allowed to go to any parties, any weddings or funerals because those are parties too. You'll never, and, and Jeremiah basically says, I think you've got the wrong house. That's not me. And the calling of Hosea was a life of heartache, reconciliation, and wounds. You're highly favored. Now, so am I, am I warning you? Yeah, yeah, I am. But I'm not warning you so that you back away from God. I'm just saying, take it. Stand up, walk forward, take it. Mary did. Did you have something? I, I, you know, there's a difference in blessing and favor. I believe that blessings are incremental gifts along the way, and favor is the ultimate result of it. I think of blessings as bricks in a wall, and when the wall is finished, when it's completed, then it's uh, able to do what it was designed to do. And so I believe that favor is the highest level of gift that comes from God to us. I, I, I wouldn't argue with any of that. And in fact, that's something which I bring up quite a bit uh, in our shepherds meetings when we talk about people and how we should respond to people is uh, how the angel spoke to Daniel right. and said, you are highly esteemed in heaven. Right. Who wouldn't want to hear that? As far as we know, Daniel died in captivity. Uh, he did not receive the blessing 
that he prepared his people for through prayer. And God said, you are highly esteemed in heaven. Now that's really important. If you've got teenagers or middle schoolers, suicide is a real issue in our country and it's happening on and on and on because kids are being pummeled with the idea that there is no God, uh, they are merely evolutionary mistakes. The only way to make your life worthwhile is to be famous uh, or infamous and that the world's gonna end in a dozen years anyway with climate change. And they have zero hope. And if they look around them and their friends do not, or they don't have friends, but the reflections they're getting back from people does not show them their own worth, they die. Or they'll take a rifle and a mall because we set them up for it. We took away all of their value. Remember this, talk to them about this. God and his witnesses are cheering for you. All of heaven loves you. All of heaven. Take a look through at the number of times God stops and says, fear not, or you're highly esteemed, or you're highly favored. God stops everything and says, wait, wait, wait. Only one person's opinion matters. Right? And I've told you stories about this before and used illustrations about it before. I just tell teens, uh, I ask them if they've ever seen, uh, we don't do funhouse mirrors anymore, uh, kids don't do that, but there are apps that can change and warp your face, and I'll say, this is what the world says you look like, but it's not true. You have to trust the expert, the one who designed you and built you and placed you, look at Psalm 139, loves you and says you are of great value. Don't listen to amateurs, listen to the expert. Please pass that on to your, your grands. Um, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Does that mean everything's cool? It means what you're about to face, don't let fear lock you down. You're facing this because God loves you. It's so hard for us, isn't it? Um, it? It might not be to some of you, but I'm going, you know, God, why don't you favor me by, I don't know, the latest lottery winner just handing it to me? I, I'd give, you know, some to the church. They, uh, you know what I mean? I, I, bless me a whole bunch and see how I, no, that's not the way it works with God. Uh, he's not a vending machine. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, I'm going to stop there and not look at her response, because her response is not really to the message. You'll get, I'll explain that in a bit. You are going to give birth to a son. He'll be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne. I just finished a book a while ago by um, Simon Montefiore called Jerusalem, A Biography. It's a big, thick book, but it reads fast. It is really, really, really good. Uh, man knows how to write. 
it is unimaginable to us how important Jerusalem was to them. And, and still is. It is unimaginable to us what it would mean to a young girl, and as painful as this sounds, the words used for Mary would indicate she's 13 or 14 at this stage. All right? Give me a year either side of that, frankly, but 13 or 14. And she's told, your son will rule on the throne of David, and his kingdom will not end. Look at all the other kingdoms. God snuffed out a lot of royal lines, didn't he? And he said, and, and how is she to respond to this? And, and she doesn't. She says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Let me explain why I've said what I've said. All of this has been given. Instead of saying, wow, he's going to do all of that. She says, let's back up. You can do that to God, by the way. Saying, before all of this can get started, I'm going to conceive. Now, if you didn't know the story, you could read this and think, well, he probably meant after marriage. But we know the story, right? So her response here is uh, pretty important in that society. And in fact, most societies, and, until even here, until the, the last several decades, virginity was something to be prized. Virginity was important. That's why brides wore white. I'm not sure what, that's why grooms wore black. I'm not really, I'm not going to go. I, I have no idea. I just know the men are interchangeable because there are several of them, you know, best man and so forth. So the, the, the groom drops, everybody just moves right. But why, uh, brides would come down in virginal white. And that's why they had the veil was because, you know, you are going to be the man that beholds me and you are going to be the one. All of that is going to go away, Mary. And you're in a society where people who are pregnant before they are married are called harlots, prostitutes, fallen women. And this is going to be your life, but your son will reign. We all agree that God's ultimate goal is laudatory and wonderful. It's the process that gets us. How we move from here to... For example... I'm not at all afraid of death. I am afraid of dying because I don't know how the process is going to be. I've told you before, I was in a room once, one of those stupid questions comes up and, and people say there are no stupid questions. Oh, yes, there are. And it was going around the table and people were responding, obviously not with a great deal of thought, about how would you like to die? They came to me and, and I said from injuries sustained from falling off my wallet. But, but it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be that rich. And they, but the best answer was one I couldn't have given anyway. One of the guys said he wants to be shot to death when he's 95 by a jealous husband. <laughs> All right, that's brilliant. I'm sorry. But, I, you know, I don't want that, but that's pretty cool right there. Uh, he had evidently been given that one some thought. The process. Mary is concerned about the process. And who wouldn't be? Because kings don't get crowned without a war. You don't get a new line of kings without battle. And she knows that. And so she also knows that she is the first casualty 
of this war. Her name will never be revered in her lifetime except by God. And all these years later, I'm going to do a pop quiz. I hope you brought your paper and pencil. Name five people who insulted or turned their back on Mary. Eh, time's up. We don't know any of them. They, they obviously were there throughout Jesus' life. They obviously were part of that. Because, in, in, especially in the book of John, people will come up to Jesus and say, well, we know who our father is. And Mary's right there. And she's being called a harlot right there. An, uh, a loose woman right there. And Jesus is being called that word, which we're not allowed to use in churches. And since we are the church, it gets confusing. Anyway, but you know what it is. If I just say that word, it already is in your head. That's what he's being called to his face. Can you name, I'm going to have to say 10 people who said that to Jesus. The reason I have to say 10 is because some people like Annas and Caiaphas and, and Herod, you'll get them in there, but let's not, let's not count them as people <laughs> at this stage. Um, and I just can't get over this. I really can't. That's why I'm just stuck right here. You are highly favored. You have found favor with God. Do not be afraid, but your life has now gone off the rails. But there's a bigger reason behind. There's something important behind it all. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit, well, look at that, will descend on you, will come on you. Now we hear that and we go, okay, cool. She would have heard that and either shuddered or began to weep with joy or fear or both. Because every Jew knew what it meant if the Holy Spirit comes on you. Do you have something? I'm confident that the Logos was a name for Jesus from eternity. And beginning in Genesis 1, the Father speaks to the Logos, calls him son. And I believe it was the Logos that entered her womb, but the Holy Spirit completed that transaction. <clears throat> I believe the, Holy, the Logos entered Mary's womb and the Holy Spirit. And then, this, then the seed of woman gives him a body. But then this is this is the then this is the movement of Jesus then as a man on through life. It had been the low gospel and moved through her womb into the person of Jesus. Again, thank you. Uh, if sometimes I don't respond directly, these speakers are new, and on stage, <clears throat> I hear huge booming and such that you don't hear. I know because I had people up here this week and I'd walk around all the pews and everything sounded good. You get up here and there's a boominess and I'm not hearing uh, our brother Lemons as well as I'd like, but I trust him. <laughs> and I heard enough there to go, yep, that's it. We don't really, when you work with them, um, by the way, the first two or three pews here, you're the only ones that are gonna be, that have a little uh, vocal or auditory issue in that you're hearing from the stage and the rest of them are hearing from those speakers that fly past you. So it sounds different. You may have to go around and hunt a place that really works for your ears. But we're, uh, the only way to fix that, by the way, is to put big acoustic panels on the back. And I've said no. I said, we're in a classic building. It's a beautiful building. When they sing, I don't want it deadened. So if you can blame me for that. 
I'll take it. That said, it is a great mystery how Jesus was conceived and how, well, here we go. Virgin birth is technically possible. It's never been proven, but it's possible. If we ever had virgin giving birth, they could only give birth to girls because there is no Y chromosome involved. There's no donor of an XY. So Jesus's birth is a puzzle all around. How, when, and God's not all that interested in telling us the details. And I think some of the reason is we don't, our minds can't understand those levels. It's rather like telling Moses, you know, day one I did this, day two I did this. Was he being, um, you know, scientifically exact? No, Moses couldn't have handled that. Moses had a stick and some sheep. He's not going to talk to him about, now, we took this line of DNA, but then we tweaked that chromosome. No, he's not going to do this. He tells us what we need to know, not what we want to know. Does that help? That's why we wrestle with God. The, this Holy Spirit, oh my goodness, she would have shuddered. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. We'll stop there. <clears throat> Why would she need that much power? Because it's going to be a rough road. That's right. That's right. You're given all of this because it's going to be rough. Patrick, she carried a weight in her lifetime. No other mortal has ever carried. That's right. And particularly toward the end, only with what had happened to her here, could she have withstood it then? Yeah. Um, I, I talked about Mel Gibson's movie, when I, and I didn't... There were positives, like I said, historically accurate. But he threw in a couple of things that I think were missed by the majority. But uh, I'm sure the Lemons caught it and some others who, who, uh, who know their scripture and know the, the traditions of the Jews. When... There's Mary, and then there's Mary, his mother and Magdalene. And the Via Dolorosa, where he's carrying his cross, and, he's, um, and the mob's there, and they're kind of shrinking back, these two young ladies, uh, whether his mom and a young lady. And the younger one says, why is this night different from all others? And I got chills. I'm getting chills now. Every Passover, and we do it on Easter, the youngest child is to ask, why is this night different from all the others? And, again, and Gibson, they're locked in the Lamb of God and the Passover. And it, it bothers me that most people wouldn't have caught it. But it was, it was a brilliant move. Um, I thought the movie was unnecessarily brutal, but maybe that's just me. Uh, I always like to think of the resurrection more. Uh, again, just me. Uh, this, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Um, son of the Most High and Son of God so far. There are some old manuscripts that just say he will be called holy. I don't think they're the oldest. I'm the Son of God, I think, is what we need there. Uh, uh, Elizabeth, even Elizabeth, your relative's going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. 
for no word from God will ever fail. Um, that's amazing. Our interpretations of his word will fail, and the people who follow God will fail. I was talking to somebody, I think it was at the break, and I said, most of my wounds are self-inflicted. Most of the scars, emotional and physical, um, I put there by not being smart, not being obedient. God doesn't fail. I think of, um, think of the book of Esther, where the name of God's not even mentioned. And Mordecai says to Esther, perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. But if you don't, somebody else will. Because God's not going to fail. Church, can we be really straight and honest with each other? Um, our brother Gene Hatcher talked about his brother who was taken to a church because it was the closest one there. And uh, day one, they preached against us. It was in Dallas, uh, in Dallas, I think it was, Texas. It Dallas. Fort Worth. Yes. For, sorry? Fort Worth. Yes. Fort Worth. Um, which is Dallas, but more casual. Um, and not as stuck up. That's all I can say. Uh, if you're in Dallas, you got reason. Anyway, um, where the preacher said, uh, called us a so-called Church of Christ and preached against women speaking and such. I want to just be as kind as I can here. First of all, we will not respond. We never do. We just won't. Let God decide. We do not. But that said, if the church of Christ does not act like Christ, God has other people he can use. And that really upset a group of elders I talked to once. And I looked at them and I said, God once used a group of Presbyterians to become us, the Church of Christ. Most of the people came out of that. I'm saying most of the leaders, that's what I should say, came out of the Presbyterian tradition. Um, you know, up in New England, I think you could argue that it was more community church sort of stuff, but, and Methodist in, in Virginia. But the core, I said, if, God, if we don't do what God wants us to do, he can go find people, but his word will not fail. And Mary says something that her son will echo, not in the same words. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. What is the echo I'm talking about? The prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus said, take this cup. Don't let me go through this. And by the way, the phrase there, take this cup, is a bit ambiguous. It can mean, don't let me be crucified. It can also mean, take the pain away. Either way, however you want to go with it. Then he says, nevertheless, thy will be done. And I feel all of creation was holding its breath. Amen. Until he said, nevertheless. Because I truly believe that if Jesus said, you know something, I don't want to do it. God would have taken him home. But since he said, nevertheless, thy will be done, you and I have eternal life. He gave life to us. We live in a broken universe, 
but we have life. Yes, please. Hebrews 12 would tell us who for the joy set before him, he was able to endure the, the horrendous agony of the present for what the future would hold. And let that be a good illustration in our lives. We may be dealing with some serious issues now, but to do so faithfully will bring a better result and a great end to it to God's glory. Amen. I will tell you it's hard. You know, there there are times I, I have to go to weddings. I'm not a wedding guy. I'm really excited you're getting married. But again, the process to me is just too long and involved. Uh, and they're getting longer for some reason. Anyway, there are times that I have been taken to weddings because I've been told I want to go by my wife who, who volunteers who me that I am to go. And I, and I sit there and I, the only thing that really keeps me sane is there will be cake. If I can just get the cake, it, it might be worth, I may, I may get two pieces. But that's my reward. It is, you know, that's a puny example. But there are so many times in my life I've just wanted to quit and say, I'm done. You know, I wasn't trained for the ministry. I got other stuff I could do where I might actually have a retirement. But no, God says stay. And... It just, you vibrate, wondering, all right, what's going on here? What's the process? Um, she says, okay. I'm your servant. You do what you need to do. I'll, I'll do what I need to do. That is stunning for a young teenage girl, isn't it? Yeah. It was a God kind of faith. Mm -hmm. That's the way I say it. It was a God kind of faith that enabled her to do that. You know, I, I, would, I couldn't disagree with that. My faith has real dips and valleys. I think I've been very open with you about this, have I not? This shouldn't be a shock by now. It is the reason, not one of, it is the reason why I need the community of Christ. I need the group. Because we're all not going to be down at the same time. Right? Have you ever been, uh, you and your wife or you and your husband, have you ever both had the flu at the same time so you couldn't take care of each other? Well, see, that's wrong. You're supposed to take turns. And, and, and whenever you both get it, it's like, ah. Or when you're, you're both in the hospital. I've seen that many times where one's on one floor and one's on the other. In a community this large, when you're down, somebody will be there with a hand to lift you. I... One of the reasons I do ministry is because it means I have to show up. And I know that sounds so shallow and weak, but I'm shallow and weak. I need the community. If I don't come to a church and be, if I'm not accountable, oh my goodness. I told you before a few years ago, we were on a cruise in the Caribbean and dessert was there, um, cake. So I went for the cake, and a young lady looked at me. She's probably 18 or 19, and she goes, are you Patrick Mead? And I'm thinking, just this is actually for four people. I don't want to be judged, but I am lying to you. But this is for, you know, it, it, 
Cammie says she can't take me anywhere. The blessing is, I know that, and so I have to behave. All right? We need the community. You do too. Even if you think, wow, my faith is strong enough. No, it isn't. She's going to need a community. And I believe God gave her community. Lazarus, his sisters, Mary Magdalene. There was, and evidently there were some women who had means. I don't, I don't know if I can call them wealthy. I'm not sure about the translation there, but they were doing quite well, who supported Jesus and the apostles financially. So there were a bunch of women, and I'm, I know they would wrap themselves around Mary. The women of this church, I, got, I just got to commend you. You have those if tables, and you're all over it. They have a retreat, and you're all over it. They have uh, Fridays at 4th, studying um, Francis Chan's The Forgotten God. You're all over it. Um, I love the women of this church. You know, guys, we have a long way to go there, don't we? You know, if they say, we're going to have a bunch of guys sit around a table talking about what you think. Sports? You know, it's more difficult for us. We're going to have to find a way to fix that. All right. We, we just ran right past Elizabeth having a baby when, when she's old. God seems to like doing that. Have you noticed in Scripture? Hey, you're all old and dried up, but got some news for you. There are diapers in your future. Not yours, but another one. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. This is a very important verse. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep going. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Now, do not miss a very salient point here. In Western literature, we would have explained a couple of things. Semitic literature does not. Uh, it, It looks to us like it skips over important details. The angel had to tell Mary that Elizabeth was six months along. They did not know what was going on in each other's lives. When she heard this, she hurried to the hill country of Judea. If you've ever been there, I've not. I've just watched the films. It, that's a rough road. It's a rough road. She got there, went right into the house. Elizabeth receives the Holy Spirit and speaks to her about who's in her womb. There was no way for Elizabeth to know. She didn't know a thing. I I doubt that Mary is showing, although we don't know the gaps of time, I doubt that she is. She walks in and Elizabeth receives the Holy Spirit and says, you have the son of my Lord. You are the mother, rather, of my Lord. The the theology behind um, the, the, the mother of God, that's really where it starts here. Um, 
And I'm not saying we venerate Mary, but I am saying you better respect her. And that in churches of Christ, we went all the way the other way. We completely ignored her. That's not safe. The record seems to very plain that Jesus liked his mother. <laughs> Let's treat her with some respect. Especially, I mean, what an amazing person. So, we can go back in and also look at something else. Life begins at conception. Period. Every definition of life we have, that is true. Here's a new word for you. Insolment. When does the spirit enter the child? Soul is, is life. Um, spirit is who you really are and will be. So when, did, what, when does the fetus become in the image of God by the spirit entering it? Um, many people say at conception, and there's certainly really good arguments for that. The, the main argument against it is most fertilized eggs don't implant. And so I'm going, and others say at implantation. Others uh, will say when the baby moves. Others will say when the baby takes its first breath. I do not believe we can prove any of these via scripture and I've had people very angry with me but I think to be honest we have to say we don't know but since we don't know that means you can't take that life because the scripture says he who doubts is damned if he eats in other words I don't know if at implantation this baby is a human being endowed with the spirit of God but I do know you don't take life not knowing. You, you just don't do that. So you don't take a morning after pill. You, you, you don't kill what is conceived because God didn't give us the right to do so and he didn't give us the information. You got to back up and, and, and treat, treat the fetus, I would say from implantation, as a child of God. Not to be harmed. Randy was up first, and then I'll come over here. Yes. That's a very good point, Randy. Yes. The spirit I'm talking about is a human spirit, that which is made in God's image. We're not talking about the Holy Spirit. That's a really good clarification. Thank you. And that is the breath of God. Uh, and it's so unique to the human being of everything else he created, including angels. Because that breath of God, there are two important things for that. First, we receive the DNA of God in that act of his breath. And number two is... Um, uh, that is a place in which the Holy Spirit can live when we're saved. And God did not give that to anything else. And another issue here is right. that this keeps us from receiving the curse of Adam's sin. We receive the consequence of it. We don't go to hell because of what Adam did, but because of our, we go to the grave because of what Adam did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this, is, this is such a remarkable story. It has so many different layers. Let me also... Um, just talk about the holiness of people, the preciousness of others. 
is a phrase we used when our children were growing up. Even if we put away a cart, a shopping trolley, uh, at the grocery store that wasn't ours. Uh, I've, I've actually grabbed a few and had people give me theirs thinking I worked there. Um, and, you know, I'll tell my grandkids that it was snowing and raining, at the, but no, it's just, I had the time, I just did it, because the preciousness of others. Women are amazing. They are the only people who can usher a living being into the world. And therefore, the womb is holy. And they are holy. And they should be treated not as lesser, but as an amazing gift from God that they are here and that therefore we are here. You know, Cammie will sometimes, she doesn't anymore, we've been married too long, but she for a long time would say, would you like to go shop? We need a new couch, you want to go pick one out with me? And I'm going, no, but I will. And I'd go and she'd be looking, now what do you think? Now, when women ask you what you think, they don't want to know what you think. They want to hear what they think in a different voice. And I'm okay with that because I, my wife's the expert on this stuff. And she got a little frustrated with me. This is about 20 or 30 years ago because I was just not showing any care. And I, I looked at her and I said, sweetie, you have two X chromosomes. I have one of them and a Y, which means we broke one. And the bet that went away is the bet that cares about all of this. So it, it is beyond my ability to fix that which is gone. And uh, <laughs> what happened actually was I sat in a lazy boy that vibrates and, I, and my son and I were having too much fun. Um, I told my son again, just me talking to my son, I said, it's got three, you gotta try this, it has three speeds low, medium, and who needs a woman? I mean, it just felt wonderful just to sit there. And my wife heard that, and she said, you can wait in the car. And I went, okay. Okay. Which is a win. That's a win for me. That's a win. But I love this. We don't want to read too much into the leaping of the child, but I do believe that, I mean, I can't see how it doesn't have a spirit. Um, and it reacts. And so while I can't draw a firm line in the sand about when, I, I have no problem drawing a line saying, we don't know, so don't cross this line. Hither shalt thou come and no further, to quote the book of Job. Um, it's, it's rather like, you know, you know I work with law enforcement everywhere. They know when they send a bullet... As soon as you pull the trigger, you have no control. If you miss your target, who's behind the person? What is a thousand yards beyond? Most bullets will drop and hit ground before then, but uh, what, what's behind? You have to know that. Every cop show you've ever seen, they commit felonies in every episode. I can't watch them. You know, my wife loves all of the NCISs, and they keep multiplying. And the, uh, the only accurate thing about it is that there is an NCIS. But that's it. Everything else is complete fantasy. Hawaii Five-0 is a complete cartoon um, against constitutional rights and everything. It's just awful. 
but you'll see them running around, boom, 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 boom. You don't do that. It's, um, you don't take life unless you have to take life. Yes? A Christian psychologist and counselor that I've highly, highly respected has recently said that because of the encephalograph and its now added blessings, they're able to discern in some cases when a, a infant in a womb senses the rejection of the mother burying it. Well, and, and, and uh, <clears throat> will show some uh, value and sense there, which then is going to show itself in life later on as a rule. And, and I've heard this many times, and I, I, I will confess that I'm not sold on this. Um, I think what they may be finding on the encephalograph, which, um, or however other way they're measuring, is a result of the hormones and chemicals in the mother's system not her thoughts. Now we can chicken and egg this all day long, believe me, the people are doing it right now uh, in labs over what causes what and what did what. Um, here's the good news though. Unless you have been damaged, for example, your mama was taking crack or your mama was heavily drinking. There's fetal alcohol syndrome. You know, I can see people and know their mama drank. Uh, and I, it's not being judgmental. I mean, there's a physical change in fetal alcohol syndrome. Uh, I have not dealt with um, crack babies or cocaine babies. I have seen the films when you go to one of these educations for the scientist, and they'll show and they'll talk about it. It's heartbreaking. They cannot be comforted. They cry and cry and cry. And yet... Yet most of them find a way to survive if they're put in a good family. So as I always try to remind people, having a lousy childhood is no excuse for being a lousy adult. Unless your DNA was broken, the Holy Spirit can fix this. You can still be useful. I am... Um, got four minutes. I'm not sure I want to start in a Magnificat with four minutes to go. Um because it takes at least four and a half minutes. <laughs> it's not good. Um, any, any questions on this? By the way, did you notice that Elizabeth suddenly gets knowledge she could not have received otherwise? And what she says matches what the angel said. But the angel did not visit Elizabeth. The angel visited Zechariah, her husband. So this it was a descending of the Holy Spirit that gave her the knowledge. How cool is that? That is just... It's stunning is what it is. And I, it shocks me what is in scripture and what isn't. And how fast we read scripture without noticing these little things. Uh, next month, I've been asked to go, I, I've gone down to the coastline of uh, Louisiana every year since the hurricanes hit, Katrina and Rita. Uh, and they're asking me to come down for a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, is what I'll do. And there'll be churches of Christ, disciples of Christ, um, uh, Christian churches. They all kind of clump together. Because uh, down there, you're, you're scattered and few. And I asked them, what do you want me to do this time? What do you want me to say? And they wrote back and they said, just tell Jesus stories. I'm going, yes. I love that. Yes, Tim.
Say that, say that phrase again. The law that oh, abhors the void. Right, law abhors the void. Good. That's, that's. His will will be done, and if we don't do it, he's moving in, and he's going to move somebody else in there. You're absolutely right. And I like that the, the law abhors the void, because uh, I've seen many times, like, the rules about how to drive a car are there because of blood, death. There wasn't a rule, and people died, so we're making a rule. And we do that with flying. Now, there's so many rules about flying, if you're a private pilot. And the reason is blood, because people died. Now we have to, we have to make a law. And I see that. I, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'll, I'll never forget, we went, my father's will is in probate. My father um, wrote on his will after it was done. Complicates things. Yeah, can't do that. So the state of Alabama is going to take six months to two years to figure out what they're going to do about it. Uh, and as I, as the, our first meeting with the, um, the attorney, who's a, who's a member of the church, uh, and then that's Church of Christ parlance for one of us, and opened up the documents and handed them over, and he, one he handed right back to me, and it was the power of attorney. He said, that's only viable when he's alive. That one's gone now. And I'm going, <laughs> my one ace card turned out to be the joker. So that's going to go on the side. Uh, it's because at the moment of death, everything changes. The whole situation changes. In the will, there are two children named that uh, he doesn't want to leave anything to. And they're both dead now. They weren't when he wrote the will. And so we had to bring in that stuff. I, it's all, the law wants all of these things sorted out. Even getting my mother a car this week. Her last one was totaled. It was a mistake anybody could make. My mom's good. Um, so we go in, and just to get to say we're done with the one that's totaled, the number of papers she had to sign, it was insane. And I'm looking over going, wow, the government not only abhors a void, it'll run right in there. And it'll, and uh, okay, fair enough. Next week, we got to stop. Next week. I am so excited about the Magnificat. That's the name, traditional name, for the prayer of Mary, because there's a lot more in there than you might think. So Albert, you better be here. <laughs> God bless. Go.